recording an episode that we never thought we'd be recording. This week, welcome to Hand of Pod. Great uh, trepidation that I'm bringing you the news this week, whilst we uh, put the television on mute or turn it off, uh, it's with great trepidation that I bring you the news this week that Racing, in an unforeseen um, set of circumstances, are the champions of Argentina. Yeah. We're not really sure what to do here. Um, of course, on this week of all weeks, it's only fitting that, just for a change on hand of pod... Um, River fans are outnumbered by Racing fans. I'm Sam Kelly. I do have my fellow River fan here, Andres, with me. Hi. As usual. Um, but we have no fewer than three Racing fans. I'm not really sure why we go it was four, or at least three and a half. He's still only small, but um, there we go. Uh, because we are joined as a, not quite a one-off, but certainly a rare event by Ilan Rubin. I've come to tell you that I'm the happiest man alive. <laughs> so all of you guys overseas, I am happy. You're listening to the happiest man alive. Welcome back to the pod. Thank you very much. Uh, we're joined, of course, by English Dan, who couldn't uh, fail to be here on a week this week of all weeks. No, well, first of all, because it's my house, and I'm Indeed. usually here, but also, yeah, I couldn't miss this for the world. And uh, this one really is a weird one. I think for the first time in two years, maybe? Year, that year much? and a half? That much? We've got Did Sebastian Garcia here, ladies and gentlemen. Seba, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> it's great to be here on this uh, special occasion. I don't know what you're saying about the unforeseen um, events and stuff like that. I, I'm quite used to seeing Racing being champions. I'm so, I saw it twice. <laughs> twice in my life, I mean, and I'm, I consider myself to be quite young. Twice in your life, it's, it's a habit now, right? But I yeah. am young, I saw it twice too, so... There you Fre- go. Fre- frequently enough, in fact, that, that your son, because I did mention the other half racing fan, or the very much full racing fan, in fact, as we've just experienced uh, before he, he went out, um, joined you this evening as well. And you wrote a very, uh, I'm going to start with, with uh, just a word about this very moving editorial that you wrote on goal, um, mm. because I was welling up, and I don't even support them mm. if it was, it was very moving. So give us a, a, a taste of what it meant for Racing to to be top of the league again at the end of the championship and, and why it was so important for you to see that with Felipe. Right, for me, it's, uh, uh, th- that column that you're, you're referring to that I wrote for uh, Gold.com, I thought about it like, no less than 14 times before <laughs> before I published it. I... I think it was. It's really introspective. I think it's really. It speaks a lot more about me than it does about Racing itself. And and, and I had my doubts about publishing it because it, it speaks a lot about how this year was the first time that I went to Racing as a father, and no 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 longer as a as a son. And my relationship with with Racing is, of course, of a is very is has a lot to do with my family. My my dad took me there. My dad made me a socio member when I was only one year old, <coughs> one day old. 
and um, and I've been going ever since. And then I grew up. I had daddy issues, <laughs> you could say, and I just coming from uh, my weekly appointment with the psychologist, and I, I swear I, I spoke with him no less than four sessions about this, about mm. what was happening with, with me and Racing, because Felipe is four, and ever since, since he was born, I wasn't paying attention to Racing. I, I, he's almost five at five, because he was born he's almost five, before yeah. I moved there, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, uh, he's going to turn five in, in, in March. But it's only this year that he became aware of football, and because of the World Cup, because of the Panini album, and... And now he's a he's a fan. We just heard him there. <laughs> he really is a fan, and, and and so he's asking, "What team do we support?" And I said, "Racing, of course." I, I couldn't bear. I, I could even if I wasn't paying attention to Racing, I couldn't stand um, this idea of him becoming a River fan or a Boca fan. Oh, God forbid, mm. Independiente. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he was uh, driving me back to Racing in a way, and. So I went with him, I went along with him to El Cilindro for Racing Banfield and we won. But that, to me, that that was when the penny dropped for me and, and I realized I was going there as a father and this is a new beginning for me because, you know, Racing and my dad were really close and, 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 and when my father died, I said, okay, I'm going to get rid of everything that has to do with my father and... and wrongly I put Racing in there because I everything rem rem remind me of my father so for, for as long as I've known you in person and I first met you and indeed Felipe hmm. I think a few days after I came here in, in yeah. April 2010 uh, you've kind of I mean obviously we knew each other by email before that but uh, you've kind of encouraged me to think of you as a QPR fan more than a Racing fan that's yeah. very much how you kind of yeah I've always kind of seen you as like as we'd say, a recovering wrestling fan, let's say. <laughs> I think we just had a... You've fallen off the wagon yeah. again yeah. this season. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't me pretending. QPR welcomed me. They, the fans got together, paid for my trip. I went to England and I, they, made me, they made me feel like a rock star. They made me feel loved. And I still love QPR. I'm obsessed and I watch every match. But... Um, this thing with Racing, it wasn't just overnight. I, I, I didn't, um, I, I didn't take Racing off my system overnight. It was a long process. But you changed uh, your username on Twitter. I changed. Yeah, that that was a uh, no, but that was that wasn't because of um, QPR. No, yeah, no, it has didn't have anything to do with anything. Uh, that that particular thing. Um, but there you have it. I, I, I guess this year it was like Racing asking me not to leave, you know, <laughs> telling me, come back, we like you, <laughs> it's okay, you can bring your son too. And because he was out of the blue, they, they, they won the league. I mean, yeah. that's, that's nobody, <laughs> none of us expected it. I yeah. think every championship that we have covered on Hand of Pod from the beginning... Um, we we've previewed it, and you know we always have a rundown at the beginning of each championships. Of course, it's six month championships up till now at least, which means what 
eight, I think, or se- seven at least, full championships since we started. And every single time we say, right, so who are the title contenders this time around? And every time we make the same joke that, well, you know, <laughs> rassing on paper, but let's face it, it's never going to happen, yeah, is it? Yeah. Um, Ilan, I wanted to, to ask you, the last time that we had you on, and I think the time before that as well, um, you, you were quite... Uh, Negative about the level of the Argentine league. Are you feeling like it's uh, <laughs> picking up a bit now? Well, <laughs> Racing won the best league in the world right now. <laughs> 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 the truth is that I think that without relegations, maybe a little more attacking play was mm. seen and open, more open matches this six months. I don't know if the players are better, but with the comeback of Diego Milito in Racing and Maxi Rodriguez in Jules a couple of tournaments ago it is demonstrated that actually some good football can be played in Argentina after all and but still I think that maybe the example of Piculici that he was his career was practically over he was playing in the Middle East and he came to Argentinos and he was of course the best of Argentinos I got relegated and then it's just like he came back from scrap mm. to be the best player of the best team at the moment I think Racing are the best because our first, but the team that that showed the best football were definitely River, I think. We have the example of um, Carlos Sanchez as well. It yeah. was a similar thing. He yeah. went, I can't remember where he went, but he was away from River. Well, River fans hated him. Yeah, and when suddenly uh, with Gachardo, he, yeah. he showed his very best. I remember in one Super Classico in La Morera, he missed like an incredible goal. Mm-hmm. He tried chipping it with he, the outside of his foot was yeah. like horrible. Yeah. And after I saw that play, immediately I, I said that Carlos that Sanchez is over in River forever. That was the Super Classico when Lanzini scored the fastest yeah, ever. It was Super Classico yeah. goal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a tie, I now. think. But after that, I said that Carlos Sanchez has to go. He's over in River. There's no comeback from that. And he's been probably one of the top three players in the tournament. We will, of mm, course, yeah. move on to River's campaign uh, in a short while. Andres and I, of course, talked about uh, the Sudamericana win last week. But we'll move on to that. Shortly, but I want to t- kind of try and keep it with Racing because, particularly, obviously, having a, a river supporting <laughs> uh, conductor, I do realise that this show sometimes gets a little bit taken over by River, and particularly in the last few months, whereas in says they've been playing rather well. Um, Dan, we haven't asked you about your thoughts on the championship yet. I'm imagining you enjoyed it from the popular. It's been fantastic, yeah. It's kind of ironic in a way because it's kind of uh, to go kind of the opposite of Seba. This is probably the season where I've been able to go to the least amount of games. Um, I went to um, a few, but you know, between the restrictions on away fans, which you know, that was the already worst. cuts half of your games out, and then I, you know, I have to work on a lot of Sundays. And since uh, Racing started kind of looking like they could change for the title, then suddenly they get all the games switched to Sunday, so that also takes games. So basically, for the last two months, I've been. Changing shifts, swapping shifts, going in later, going in earlier, getting doing basically getting in trouble, nearly getting sacked, all for to get to as many racing games as possible. And it's been a struggle, like, but it's been amazing. You know, mm. I, ma- I managed to get to, to the last two games at least. You know, I went to a few more as well, luckily, uh, to the River game and and then the title winner against Corre Cruz, and it was just. Absolutely unforgettable being in the Popular for those two games, I think, against River. And I only managed to get in an hour before and I almost got crushed between the people coming out of Gate 12 and the Barra walking past and nearly ended up with a stick splitting my head in half. 
and for the game against Gode Cruz, I had to wait three hours in the stadium before mm. for it all to start. But you think about it, and it's just all like fantastic memories. I think I'm going to remember this Racing team. A degree, River probably were better on balance, looking at neutrally over the course of the season. They played the better football, but of course I had the the two championships to, to deal with. But I don't think you can take anything away from Racing. You're talking about a team that won. Was it the last six games and eight of the last nine games and yeah. only conceded one goal? I think more than anything, it was mm-hmm. just a tribute to consistency, to being solid. You know, mm-hmm. all of these words that in the last five years at least, the last words you'd associate with ratting <laughs> these these kind of attributes, yeah. um, uh, coherence, uh, not panicking, all these kind of things that are pretty yeah. alien to us. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm delighted for Melito. And I'm delighted for a few of the players that came in as well. Mbo, who I also, you know, I admit, um, I'm like a saddle. Um, I write him off completely, you know, in the first couple of games where he looked pretty dreadful. But I think having Melita by his side, he kind of finally managed to show why he's a professional footballer, let's say. And mm. he was fantastic. Like, so, yeah. no, all, all positive. I think that, that we were given all hints during the tournament. I, myself, and Racing fans as a whole... The the matches that we won, uh, the the thing that, <clears throat> and actually uh, a player like Bo, who did awful everywhere, comes to Racing and does well when it's always the the other way it's around. It's always the other way around. Yep, completely. It's, that's a hint. <laughs> I for myself, if in my particular case, for example, I bought the the Platea Diabono for four hundred pesos with for a champion team. It's nothing, and we, I always went to the Popular, and when I finally decided to change. Actually, Racing wins something. It's like incredible. And for example, my father came back to 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 see Racing earlier in the tournament. My brother the same. So it's like I was giving hints. I did not want to see them. Maybe for hmm. you know, I couldn't believe it. Actually, that's the truth. But for example, uh, I saw the first half time uh, with Boca in the Bomorera surrounded mm-hmm. by Boca fans and I said I don't want to see Racing anymore after that <laughs> and <laughs> when Racing played the 25 minutes that, that were left it was I think it was a Tuesday it was a Thursday it was a Thursday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. and I was at university I, I not even want to listen to anything and when my, <laughs> my friends starting, started texting me that Boca scored one goal I just completely left my, my mind went to La Boca and when we won the match, it was incredible. And yeah. that that actual course I was taking, I had to leave it because I just completely got lost. Yeah. So those hints that I w- was getting during the tournament, it all led up to Racing being winning the title. And I also wrote on Twitter the other day that my best friend, it's like a brother f- for me, he came on for gimnasia. He he made his debut in the first division. His name is Diego Nikolajewski. Uh-huh. And... He actually played against Racing, and he got me Videla's shirt. And when he got me that shirt, since that moment, Racing won all the matches. And that shirt, I took it to Banfield, uh, River, and Godoy Cruz. And I had it with me, the matches that Racing played away. So I think that he's to blame for for the Racing title, and he's a River fan. You didn't need to go to, to church, because you had an amulet there. And <laughs> it was amazing. There's one thing that strikes me about this Racing team. And maybe Andres, Sam, you could say it from from an outsider point of view, from from 
uh, from a non-Racing supporter uh, point of view. And I think this this team in particular is really likable, or at least it's not despicable. You know, it's not it's, mm -hmm. not, it's not a team that you will hate. It doesn't have any a single player that is really hideous. You know, like it's, there's there isn't a villain, there isn't a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Playing for Racing, even the, the enforcers in yeah. you know the, the yeah. guys I trying mean, to recover. Before you had Adrian Bastia, there was somebody yeah. was just a bit of a pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. for example. No, but, <laughs> but I'm not talking just about Racing. I'm talking about champions mm. in particular. Like for example, there's always one. There's always for I remember the great Boca sides of the late '90s with uh, they had Bermudez, Serna. They were full of. Uh, dislikable characters you know in, for the opposition yeah mm -hmm. because they're really adored by Boca fans but I see that like the emblem of the team Diego Milito who doesn't like him I mean seriously yeah. it's impossible to hate what's not to like it's probably to like I think he's the best human as, being as that a, ever yeah, was but as a non-rasting yeah. fan if you were trying to be really harsh maybe Sebastian Saha Mm, yeah, maybe. I think Boca not fans. Not quality, mm. but Boca and Vélez fans do not like him. In terms of yeah. symbol, I think he, you can compare uh, the, the way they played or, or uh, positions in, in which they played. But I think that Milito is for us is like Francesco for River, Riquelme for Boca. Yeah. Symbols that you, yeah. yes, like you say, it's possible not to like them. And well, he definitely is now because he was part of the championship winning team in 2001 as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, and, and and really because sometimes you doubt about those news that. He said that the, the board members, in this case Victor Blanco, you put the figures, you yeah. put the, mm -hmm. the money. I will, eat, I, I will earn uh, because I am done in terms of uh, money. Yeah. So well, you can't ask anymore uh, for a payer that comes back, and and, yeah. and and I think that he have explained really explained what that the club means for, I don't know Aston Diaz, for example, who yeah. came from. Gimnasia, uh, previously Vélez, mm -hmm. and, and, and he understood really what... Yeah. Yeah. Beckham, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's one other element that yeah. is not necessarily the reason why Racing won, obviously it's not, but is something that really pleases me, because you know the, the team from 2001... People didn't really like it. Really like it. People from uh, you know fans of, of other clubs didn't really like it. Like it. They didn't like the way they play. You know. Uh, and this one, it's not like they played total football, but they knew what they had to do. They won a lot of matches, one nil, and that was it. But you know, uh, I think in the end they really, really deserve. I think it is key that they had a the clear objective, clear goal, which was win the tournament. They had no other uh, tournament to play, and River had two, which yeah. is mm. in, in this. It was said a lot of times, but I think it's it's, it's not because it was said a lot of times. It would would, it would be real that they had a very short staff. Mm -hmm. Racing had all their their staff uh, to to uh, that precise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it, it clearly affects it, but at the same time, I think that there's one thing which I noted, which uh, after the last matches, which I think is. A big um, a, a, a pat on the back deserve for both River and Racing, in fact, in this title race, which is that River won more points than they did in the Donnell final, mm -hmm. which they won. Mm -hmm. Donnell final, they won with 37 points. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the Racing, Racing League deserve champions. River, River finished the, the, this Donnell with 39, yeah. and Racing still won the championship. Lorenzo, which is saying something both for the fact that River managed to keep the standards up and in fact improve yeah. on six months ago, and also just how good were Racing. Yeah. How, how, how Who would be the last like? champions uh, with over 40 points? I think Newell's got 40, 40 when they won the 2013 final. Uh, okay. Because yeah. yeah. um, we had two tournaments well. No, but I, I, I remember when yeah. San Lorenzo won the tournament with 33. I, I thought Subeldia won the tournament, didn't win the tournament with 33. Yeah. And there were a lot of questions on that yeah. team. Yeah. And yeah. I couldn't believe that San Lorenzo had won that title that led to San Lorenzo winning the Copa Libertadores, which is incredible because if Torrico did not mm. make that save, Vélez yeah. would be champions and San Lorenzo would be right here in Buenos Aires right and now. And this is another thing now that Racing fans, do you feel like there's any pressure out it? Because the last two teams to win the Argentine First Division, San Lorenzo and then River, went on to win the following continental tournament. Mm-hmm. San Lorenzo won the next Libertadores, River just won the Sudamericana. So this means that Racing have to be nailed on favourites for the Libertadores mm-hmm. now, right? No, I don't think it's going to make it. I think, on the contrary, Racing have just lifted a huge weight off their shoulders. Yeah. Plus, I think the team's the team, if anything's gonna gonna be a little better going into the next season because we saw uh, we have to remember as well that the Racing team for this season was completely new. Yeah, uh, you had Saka, um, Pichul, let's say, and Centurion, but they were Alche. and Alche, yeah. and Oed. Yeah. The, they were the only guys in the squad, let's say, the first eighteen that were in the club before ah, and Cabral. Mm-hmm. So five yeah. out of eighteen, let's say who mm-hmm. were in the club. The rest were um, brand new brought in. And then you could see from the second half of the season that I think the victory started coming because they suddenly started knowing what the other guy was going to do. It's kind of building yeah. an understanding as a team. And from there... Yeah. To me, more, more than pressure uh, for, of, of winning a, <clears throat> a continental competition, I think Racing now ha- have a huge opportunity to change this uh, karma that they mm. have been carrying for a long long time you know the we are the we are the losers yeah. we are the, the the team that will always struggle it's, we, it's uh, time to consolidate we've yeah. got a new president who's, yeah. well we the same tra- president who's just been yeah. elected for another three years mm. or four years mm-hmm. so it's time yeah to just consolidate maybe we won't win the league next year but let's get second or third at least get to a decent place in Libertadores yeah. keep it going that's oh. that's a good for also, also attract uh, players like Milito, you know, mm. there's there's talk about Lisandro Lopez coming back. There's talk about Maxi Morales. Those two, Lucho Gonzalez. Well. There there is a there is a rumor because no, I think Lucho is a massive fan. Definitely in Europe for yeah, some more time. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if Lucho is gonna come. I don't I don't think so. But you know the the just the fact that there these names are are uh, making the rounds mm-hmm. is good news already yeah. and. There, there was a there was a hashtag on on Twitter um, that started midway midway through this tournament, which is uh, hashtag Racing Positivo. You know, it's mm. and it to me is like uh, one of the catalysts for this change of uh, mentality. And Coca shares the same kind of mentality. He doesn't he doesn't feel like. Racing is going to attract uh, fatality or, yeah. or tragedy. He, so I remember that hashtag basically replaced Alisto que Racing, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you know, to me, it's a, it's a it's a good opportunity for Racing to to bury this um, these ghosts from the past mm-hmm. uh, 
and to let them live one it's nice one block challenge. down the road. You know. Or La Racingio, which is like yeah. being to be like Racing. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to ask you two guys. So I've been here for five years, and those five years were long enough without a title. And you know, I think I celebrated it as much as anyone at the Olisco and Sunday, mm-hmm. everything. Um, how does this title 2014 compare with 2001? Is it mm. a, what can you say with the two Ho- teams? Hopefully, the Argentine economy holds up a bit better than it did. Last <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. It was already in the toilet when well, Racing were. For me, yeah. I think it's easier that for you. Mm. I was only eight. Mm. I remember the matches. I went to a couple, and I remember having a lot of vivid memories. I was really happy, but the I enjoyed this one like it was the best mm-hmm. by far, and I think it's going to be the best. It won't be the best if Racing doesn't win a title for the next 50 years <laughs> and then we win a title. But if Racing keeps on winning titles, like, why, in a while, I'm not saying yeah. like every two or three years. Mm. If it's every three, two or three years, it's going to be the best for yeah. sure. How many years old is Milito San? He's seven, yeah. just in case. But this yeah. one is just so special for me mm-hmm. because I can tell to my friends that I'm not unlucky. At all, I'm really. I, I'm always happy to be a Racing fan because I live like a Racing fan, and I know how hard it is to be. Because it's easier to be an Argentinos fan. You got relegated, but you won a title a couple of years ago. But you didn't expect that to happen. Mm-hmm. Racing is always expecting to win titles, and it doesn't happen. Yeah. And for me, I did not get bullied uh, in elementary school because I was champions with age eight, and now. The same year I saw Independiente playing in second division, I see Racing champion. So I'm yeah. a really lucky man. Yeah. To me, uh, 2001 was was uh, a bit more special. If I only think of, about Racing and about my relationship with Racing, this one is hard to beat, obviously because of Felipe. Of course, he to to be able to hug him right after the final whistle, to ha- see him. Uh, uh, getting a backpack together with all the, his racing f- uh, stuff, you know, he got the racing ball, the the, the baseball cap, the r- with the racing the racing badge. dog we saw on Facebook. Uh, well, the racing dog we just met, we met yeah. him at, at, at the Obelisk, <laughs> uh, Napoleon was the name. <laughs> but he got the a banner, a pennant that he has. He, he got everything together and he said, "Daddy, let's go celebrate." That that was, that's what he said. <laughs> vamos a la calle, vamos a festejar. So I got him. Uh, I got him on, on the car and we went and we spent uh, a lot of time there at the Obelisco. He he got the ball out and played with the kids uh, at the Obelisco. It was magic to me. That I thought that was a great thing way, about yeah. the celebrations at the Obelisco that you can see it was just a celebration. There was mm. none of this nastiness you sometimes get, you know, yeah. with, what, with what happened with Argentina and the, after the final, I think, oh, yeah. the incident. Yeah, it was, like, always, yeah. it was just... Real joy, you know. Obviously, people are drinking, people are taking no, drugs. People, no, people, what, people, what, what do you want? I though? think no. I think the main reason was people were in shock. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't believe it. Yeah. They, they, were, they were. I thought it was great. Like, the players came by and the open top bus yeah. as well. It was, no, just fun. But really uh, nice atmosphere. Uh, this is from this was what I was saying about this one with Felipe and having him around and, and you know all of the things that I spoke earlier. Mm. Uh, I I still think two thousand and one was. A bit more special because, of the because time. I was I was 24, mm. and to me it was like okay, this just happened. I mean, it, it was the first time I didn't I I honestly believed that we would we would never win the league, I mean, and, and 
when that happened and I was at the stadium that time, which is also a difference because this time I, 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 I didn't go to the stadium. Um, I was there. I was watching there. I was by my own, by by myself, and you know I started crying alone, and it was it was huge. It was a uh, something unique. It was well, it's maybe comparable to this time for yeah. me. I think yeah. from eighteen, maybe sixteen to twenty-five years yeah. is like the best. No, age. but you didn't have this massive gorilla. It wasn't a monkey. It was a gorilla <laughs> on my shoulders, like you know. Jumping up and down for the last 24 years. I mean, you already saw Racing champions, yeah. and you were, you, and you were conscious of the fact that Racing were champions. You were young but conscious. Whereas when you saw in 2001, the previous title Racing had won was the 67 Libertadores. Exactly. Yeah. No, the if it's the international titles would be the 88 Supercopa. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. But, we're talking about the 66. Well, 66, 66, 66 right? yeah. Yeah. well in fact, yeah. it's 88. To 2001, that's 13, and 2001 to 2014, that's 13 again. So, yeah, we have to start shortening. Too, <laughs> too many replace of Cardenas goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we'll be watching. Um, no, who's going to bother the 2001 champions? Because the only ones that bother him are the, the Russian fans. Nobody calls them but us. That's true. So yeah, um, I have a, I have a, a colleague, a work colleague. He supports Boca, and he says. Oh, okay, Racing won the league. They are as easy to forget as the Banfield side that won the league, as the, I don't know what. How, how do you think, uh, what do you think about it? Is this a champion that is going to be easy to forget? Leave aside, leave aside the fact that it's Racing and if it was after 13, but just concentrating on the team itself and how they played. Maybe it didn't play with the same style as, say, Newell's. Uh, 18 months ago when they won the title or was it 18 months ago or was it 2 and a half years ago it was 18 months yeah. ago yeah. Uh, yeah it was, was uh, yes of course it was yeah because then Martino went to Barcelona I know yeah. this already why am I questioning <laughs> myself uh, maybe you know not, not, not as stylish as that but no I think impressive on the running you, yeah. you can't fault that and I think the real question is going to be what follows to be able to answer yeah. what your what your friend said no but if, if what, they follows, if what follows is you know uh, run a sustained success yeah. a team that renews itself yeah. which keeps going then yeah I think we'll but but if it's, and that's, that's a very difficult thing to make yes. happen in Argentina of all of places course. obviously but it's, if it's know. the opposite I think the figure of Diego Milito will just grow huge yeah yeah. so I think that's why we're going to remember Racing I think there are a couple of players that will progress to play maybe in Europe maybe not I think Videla has a great future I think he's Cabral, not that young but no. I think Cabral as well Cabral is really good he came on really so strong during yeah. the yeah. tournament the most improved he, player he was, yeah, well, he was the one that really really surprised me even more than Bo Bo I have, I have to say um, I haven't been watching a lot of uh, Argentine football uh, recently let alone when Racing wasn't playing but I didn't really have a lot of information on Bo I haven't seen him a lot and and I haven't criticized him because I didn't know anything about him before he signed for Racing, and I'm not ashamed to say uh, or embarrassed to say. Uh -huh. But ever, ever, every time that I saw him play for Racing, and the first time I saw him was when he replaced Milito. He was injured during the Clásico ah, of Avellaneda, and I think he was impressive that day. And mm. I, re I was really surprised. And I said, "Okay, he didn't score, but." His movement, the way he played for the team, the way he I did not tried. want. To, I think my eyes did not want to see Bo in a good way, hmm. especially because in that game when we were losing and stuff. It's, it's hard to take. Yeah, and with Anus, he he started, and I couldn't believe that 
Koga was playing the player of his agent. agent. Yeah. Having so, mentioned the Clásico and Coca, it's mm-hmm. inevitable that we have to, just to close out this racing section, let's say, uh, to, to the three racing fans. Would you rather have won the Clásico but not be champions now? <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not. But I wouldn't have said that. Not mm. before, nor after, never. Oh, no, of course. No one's it's still a silly thing to say. The fact he was proved right bad. doesn't take away that it was yeah. a silly thing. But uh, I'm sure Cock is the most relieved person I have two, two, two things to say about it. And first one is that, uh, of course, the answer to that question is no. Um, and I was, even even when I suffered relegation the same year, Independiente won the league, and then they beat Liverpool in Tokyo for the Intercontinental Cup. And they were the best team in the world, and we were playing second division. And I was uh, going to school in Avellaneda, so which <laughs> which made my life a living hell. But that was my first recollection. But I spent ten years without losing a single Clásico to Independiente. So t- I know they have a huge advantage over Racing, but I'm not too too concerned about Clásicos winning them or losing them. Uh, I've always thought about them as three pointers, not not more than that. And the other thing is, um, it was funny how everybody blamed blame it on, on Coca and they were criticizing him from the inside, from, from the outside. But uh, to me, they made a huge deal of a uh, couple of flags, a couple of banners that appeared, mm. which I mm. found this No, it was. I think they're political banners. But they were they political. Were very political. Definitely. Yeah. This was an election year. In, in when Arras you say and, political, just to be clear for our listeners who obviously are maybe not as familiar, all of them, with uh, the ins and outs of Argentine football, we're talking club politics, not club uh, politics. Yeah, there was uh, elections for president. Uh, Happening on the same day, the Racing won the league. But the build-up to, to to those elections can be really, really mm. uh, fierce. And after Racing lost the Clásico, and after Coca said, "I would rather rather lose this Clásico and fight for the tournament," um, there were a couple of banners, and and they were really, really well prepared. You know, they were they had some production. They're pretty proud, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they weren't p- painted uh, like. Yeah. Uh, like artis- artisanal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, to me, it was a, it was something that in the end really, really helped uh, the team galvanize. Even mm. even if after the Classico Racing lost a couple of other matches, but I think that helped the team galvanized and and risked them, and they became more. Um, they, they, they were more able to deal with the pressures yeah. of uh, criti- criticism and you know th- those things c- can backfire on you can really destroy the core of your yeah. team but they can also uh, strengthen uh, strengthen yeah. it and, and, uh, and provoke very, the other effects it's very hard not to hear the noise outside and, and to oh, uh, open uh, doors uh, inside the door you to, to say well to have the commitment to to uh, turn things around yeah. because uh, after uh, the Clásico against Independiente yes, this is racing yeah. both can be in the starting lineup. Yeah. Coca you must go away and now it's Almiron the one who is like have, has the pressure yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 people saying Almiron you have no idea uh, you are doing crazy things with the team you, you, you don't know how to hmm. so well it's so I think the tournament has its value mm. uh, 
more more value than than the classical, which yeah. is important. Of course. Of course. Yeah, no, of course. Sometimes of course. it's hard to see in the moment, but then you just yeah. you have to look at the big picture at times. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're going to finish that racing section now, and the next bit that we're going to move on to is a match that was played on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, it was, of course, the Club World mm. Cup semi-final because San Lorenzo were in action in Marrakesh. So the next music that you hear. Um, is a little bit of incidental music and after that I recorded earlier on via Skype an interview uh, with Mariano who's over in Marrakesh he's Handapod's special envoy to the oh man in Marrakesh Indeed. he just um, went to get me an Adeltarab shirt and if he comes back well, without comes one yeah if he comes back without one, without one <laughs> we're going to have a word <laughs> uh, I apologise in advance for the sound quality of this next section, but the only way of recording this bit was to point the microphone at my computer speakers whilst I spoke to Mariano on Skype. Uh, whilst this music's playing, to, for you listeners, I'm going to play you gentlemen around the table the 10-minute conversation that we had whilst we refill our glasses, and then we're going to talk just a little bit about our own thoughts, uh, those of us who saw it on San Lorenzo versus Auckland City. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Hand of Pod, first time in a while. Hey Sam, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, it's been a very busy year with uh, Copa Libertadores and everything. So, first of all, I, I apologize for missing so many episodes, but here I am. And, uh, well, here is Morocco, of course. You, you've actually gone to the Club World Cup. We have a foreign correspondent for a change. Uh, yes, I'm on the other side of the world, right? What's it like? <laughs> different. Well, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, it's so different from everything we, uh, we are used to uh, in South America. Uh, the people is different. Uh, the place is really different. I mean, it looks dangerous after after a day. You get used to everything, and you realize that it's not as dangerous uh, as it looks like. But yes, everything is different. Uh, the food. Uh, even fans at the stadium are different. Yeah, uh, I, I saw you complaining on Skype uh, on uh, Twitter last night about the uh, the moving around in the aisles they were doing all the way through the game. Oh no, no, that was insane. And for a passionate football fan like uh, we all, all Argentinians are, you can imagine that uh, if your team is not playing well, it doesn't help that uh, everybody's moving around like if they were in a, in a discotheque or something like that. Indeed, so, and it has to yeah. be said, they didn't play especially well. Uh, how, how did you see it from the stand? What, what did you think of the performance? Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. I mean, we were expecting at least that against a semi-professional team, we were going to have at least a decent performance, but it wasn't even close to that. Uh, every Everybody looked nervous, and the team looked completely disconnected. Uh, you could see it on some counter-attacks that there were four guys attacking and everybody else like 40 meters away from them uh, you know, it, doesn't, it didn't work at all but I mean 
could have been expected. Well, I was uh, checking the previous semi-finals uh, results of the previous uh, uh, clubs World Cups, and it looks like every South American team uh, had uh, problems in this stage. Like, okay, last year Atlético Mineiro got eliminated, but even before that, I think Boca in 2007 they only won one nil, and it seems like uh, all the teams that won were by one goal or very close games. Yeah, our friend Tim Vickery on Twitter last night was making the point that uh, the South American sides almost kind of set up to play as the underdogs in the final, of course, against, they assume, the European team. Um, and last night it almost seemed as if Balsa had set the team up as a practice session against Real Madrid rather than to win the match against Auckland, if that makes sense. Uh, there was How much sense, for instance, did, did leaving Mauro Matos out make to you? Because that seemed... Like an interesting decision. I mean, I didn't well, know that he was injured or anything. Uh, he, he hasn't been started this whole semester. This last semester, uh, coach uh, Pausa was testing different uh, things because nothing seemed to really work. I mean, uh, Martin Gautrucho is a very good striker. He had a couple of good plays last night. Uh, his finishes were not as good, but. Yeah, I mean, Mauro Matos hasn't been exactly also the same player he was during the Copa Libertadores. So, uh, and you have to remember that both Perón and Cauterucho were injured during the Copa Libertadores semester. So, yeah, after watching what happened when Mauro Matos entered the game, yeah, you could see, it. you could say it was a mistake, but. Uh, I don't know. On paper, it didn't look like a bad decision. And also about the, what you said about the South American teams and what uh, Team Agree said, said. Yeah, well, I think this is a global thing. Uh, it's not easy to be a favorite unless you have a really, really good team like Real Madrid has. It's never easy to, to be a favorite. We, we saw it also on the World Cup uh, in the second stage with uh, Holland and Germany and everybody else having problems against uh, teams that were not that good on paper. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so do you think it's going to be at all easier on Saturday being the underdog? or? Uh, <laughs> no, not, not easier, I would say. Honestly, uh, of course I'm not uh, very positive about uh, what could happen on Saturday. But I think it would be a completely different game, of course. Uh, There's going to be less pressure some, on San Lorenzo, at least, right? Yeah, it should be. Should be. I, I, I don't know if easier is the word, but uh, should be different. I mean, if you if we play ten games against Real Madrid, we will lose nine for sure. Um, well, you never know. I mean, there's always a chance of getting a draw or getting a little lucky and well you never know uh, honestly I'm not uh, very optimistic about it but well, it's football it's 11 against 11 and you never know what's the general feeling we know that San Lorenzo have taken a lot of fans out there obviously we saw them on the TV last night we've here in Buenos Aires we've seen them uh, on the television news as well before the match and all the rest of it um, what's the general feeling among the fans there is there any optimism that you know, that there could be more than that kind of one in ten chance, or are they just happy to be in the final and happy to have a shot at Madrid and don't particularly care about the result? Well, if you ask me, I'm happy enough 
uh, we've been in the final. Uh, in general, you would say that being a fan means that you are not completely irrational. So uh, there's a lot of people that thinks that why not? We might have a chance. Uh, uh, like I said, it's 11 against 11, even if they are, of course, a very most talented team and they have a budget as 50 times bigger than San Lorenzo's budget. And, I mean, that's that's what makes a difference. Uh, the general feeling is that, yeah, why not? We might have a choice, uh, uh, a chance, and there will be a lot of San Lorenzo fans that they are saying that they are they will be even more than yesterday because there are a lot of them arriving in, the, in these next few days. So, who knows? <laughs> the general feeling is that we we might have a chance. And uh, did any Argentines pick up on uh, Auckland City's Argentine player yesterday, Emiliano Tade? Yeah, to be honest, nobody knew who he was. <laughs> uh, I, ju- I just found out this morning when I was looking at the highlights of the game that the guy that, uh, that, that gave us so many troubles yesterday was the, the Argentinian guy. So, uh, to be honest, we were only focused on how bad our team was playing and also, I think the referee was so bad yesterday. Uh, there, there was some interesting decisions. It has to be said. Yes, yeah. yes. it was like uh, it was a different sport, uh, especially for Argentinian uh, players that are used to know to play more rough, not with bad intentions, but uh, more rougher, rougher football. And, yeah, refer- yeah, referees here are more lenient with the physical side of the of the game. I think that that's. It's going to be interesting to see how much that gets marked, and it's also going to be interesting in the final to see how, um, yeah, to see whether Real Madrid end up being Real Madrid, let's say, in the final with the referee and uh, getting a bit more of the the run of the ball in that in that respect. They will be they will be protected for sure, so that could be again a problem for us. Uh, one of our best players, uh, Mercier, <clears throat> had to play uh, like almost the whole game with a yellow card. Mm. So I think. That also was a problem yesterday. He couldn't run. He had to be really, really careful because if not, he was going to miss the finals. So that's probably another reason for what happened yesterday. Regarding best players as well, Ortigosa yesterday had a a pretty bad game, I thought. I mean, maybe not bad, but he was largely anonymous. I mean, I didn't really notice him until he was substituted off uh, during extra time, wasn't it? Or late on in the second half. Why do you think that was? Uh, he started well, first 15-20 minutes, and the rest of the game, like I said, I feel like the whole team was disconnected. Uh, uh, Cauterucho was trying to put some pressure on when the uh, Oakland City was trying to start building up uh, something from their defense, but he was the only one running. Gonzalo Verón also had a terrible game, he wasn't helping, them, helping him. Uh, Barrientos had a few good moments. I think Ortigosa didn't have anyone to pass the ball. Mm. That's his best quality. And uh, Mercier was a uh, little scared of getting a second yellow. And yeah, the whole team looked uh, disconnected. Uh, probably too much pressure uh, of uh, losing a game that they were supposed to win easy. Mm. Uh, finally, if you were in Bowser's shoes, if you had to set the team up to play Madrid on Saturday, do you go with something like the same system that he used 
on Wednesday against Auckland, or do you mix it up a bit? I, I, I wrote in my ESPN column uh, after the match that I thought that perhaps giving Odigosa a little more support in midfield wouldn't be a bad idea in terms of dealing with Madrid's attack. But at the same time, you do that, and you're going to lose some of the pace on the counter-attack that, that Baran and Barrientos give you. So it's would you stick or twist, as it were? Uh, I think Ortigosa has all help he, he can have with uh, uh, Kalinski and Mercier. There is no other player on the bench that could uh, could do it better than them. I think that what I would do is change a couple of names. For example, Mauro Matos. I think he has to play. Uh, he proved last night that uh, I mean every long ball they sent him, he's always he, he's always there. Uh, maybe Vizalba could replace Veron, who had a really bad game. Uh, in defense, Jepes is looking really old lately. Uh, Which is a shame because he was signed specifically for this tournament, so it's a bit of a pity that. <laughs> yes, yes, but uh, no, it's, it's something that is not working there. I think Mauro Seto playing with Kahneman could, could do a better job. Uh, Jepes has, has been really play really bad whole semester the, the, the games every time he played uh, there was a game against Independiente where he lost a few balls and made a foul and finished the first game I mean he, he's been really terrible probably those uh, four months uh, after the World Cup where he didn't play uh, caught up uh, to his to him and, and now he's 39 and or 38 and at that age you can't stop playing for four months and hope to return the same form mm. uh, so uh, I, I think Bausa won't change the, the formation maybe he will change uh, a few names also considering that the team had to play 30 more minutes of extra time and had one day less to rest than Real Madrid that's also a little bit unfair I think Is the um, final being played in the same stadium? Yes yes same stadium uh, nice stadium uh, you probably saw it on TV. What, what state was the pitch in? Because obviously Matthias Lamens, the San Lorenzo president, was quite uh, upset that it was going to be the third no, match in 24 it hours. Was okay. It goal. was okay because uh, it hasn't been raining. Weather has been uh, pretty good since, uh, at least since I arrived on on Sunday. Uh, we, we had a, we had a sunny sunny days and no rain at all. So I think the pitch will be in, in good conditions unless there's rain tomorrow or Saturday because they have to play the third place game before the, before the final Excellent, well, here's hoping uh, Mariano, thank you for joining us very much No, thank you Sam I hope you enjoy the, the next How long are you in Morocco for? When, when do you leave? I leave on Monday morning Excellent uh, very, long, very long flight home with a stop, long stopover at uh, Paris that's uh, well. Hope it's comfortable for you, and enjoy the weekend in Marrakesh, and uh, hopefully enjoy the game on Saturday. And fingers crossed for you. Okay, thank you. Don't you bye bye. Ciao. Bye bye. Thank you to Mariano, and uh, now listeners, we will hear some more music so that we can go back into the live section of the podcast, as it were.
good stuff. Though. Well, we're recording now, gents. Uh, yeah. What we have just heard, uh, and in fact we didn't hear it because what I uh, wasn't bargaining on was that Dan's computer speakers are frankly shit. Um, but what you've just heard, and, and what indeed I have a rough idea of, is what Mariano uh, said to me on Skype a few hours ago. Um, and guys... We're looking forward to Saturday, right? The, the Club World Cup final is going to decide the best team in the world. If Isn't it's a sunny day, if it's a sunny day, I'll probably go to the park. Like, <laughs> have an ice cream, drink a beer there. Like, just just before we started, uh, just before we started up recording this little bit again, Seba said something very surprising uh, for a Racing fan. Yeah, I hope Real Madrid, Madrid win. No, 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 no. seriously. <laughs> no, I hope the, the San Lorenzo beat Real Madrid. Obviously. No, me too. But I'm not going to make. A special yeah. effort to watch it, and, and and you know the the eighteen year old version of me wouldn't wouldn't have told you the same. I mean, but you know, there there is a big rivalry for any of the big teams here in Argentina. They they have plenty of enemies, and you know, from a Racing point of view, and Ilan here doesn't want San Lorenzo not to most definitely to not. win because you know they will they will equal the number of uh, intercontinental cups yeah. slash. FIFA Club World Cup titles as Racing. I actually like most of San Lorenzo players. I think that it's amazing that, for example, Matos and Ortigosa and Mercier players that actually had to work a lot to get where mm. they are. I like them, but still, the shirt they were like. Mm. <laughs> well, I would be happy if it were like, I don't know, Arsenal, for example. The other days it was that Milan against Boca, a single match because it was intercontinental. A cup in Japan, yeah. and Pablo Jerez played uh, that match, or, or he went on into the se- second half. So, mm. well, Ortigosa and Matos is si- similar. Buffarini, yeah. Uh, who yeah, I think that they had to play like for how many years playing second division? Football yeah, second division now. or horrible yeah. pitches, and Matos played like everywhere, really bad teams, and him playing. A final of Libertadores and scoring like Ortigosa is mm. is amazing. He was played for all boys what two years ago. Yeah, mm. and I really celebrate that. But I just can't cheer for San Lorenzo because of the shirt they wear. And and another element that comes into play for me is the arrogance that Real Madrid are showing. Even Mm. Iker Casillas saying, we don't know anything about San Lorenzo. And to me, that's... Don't say it. It's serious. It's just Please. I mean, come on. They're normally arrogant. They are normally that way. They they behave like that. I was uh, being deeply sarcastic. (laughs) No, no, no. They are. They are. (laughs) This is something to, for example, Bausa put a, like the newspaper in the in the dressers mm. and look what Ike Casilla said and that yeah. stuff and, and the photograph with them, Pepe and I don't know who else uh, in the in the swimming pool, the hotel, relaxed. Mm. Uh, because I think that yes, of course, San Lorenzo for me it would be good to for them to beat Real Madrid. So that that, that would mean that the clubs, Argentine clubs, are are. Yes, they mm. confirm the potential they have because mm-hmm. River Sudamericana, San Lorenzo Libertadores, of course, and uh, Club World Cup now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But I think that if San Lorenzo wins, uh, defeats Real Madrid, they will have won, won the, the best team in the world because yeah. there are no doubts about it. And their fans will be unbearable. But oh, I, mean, I still... You know, I still think it will be a victory, a victory for Argentina. Well, on Saturday they're going to go out Spain. to kill them, aren't they? And mm-hmm. this, I can't see it happening. I don't know no, why. No. If we can rewind uh, just a bit, what we've just heard Mariano um, giving us his thoughts from, from the stand on uh, the, I think it's fair to say, rather nervy semi-final victory mm-hmm. against Auckland City. It was very nearly, I think, the biggest shock in Club World Cup history. Um, 
what did you all think of it as, as more sort of neutral observers? Mm. About that, that semi-final? That much? No, no, about, the, about that semi-final. About the semi-final yesterday. I, I watched wasn't, very little of it. I, can't, yeah. I wouldn't really feel comfortable. Yeah. I had a soap opera on while they were playing. No, no, so, so it's, <laughs> I, was, I was in the street. I couldn't, I couldn't see it. But uh, me and Dan, we, we worked for Oakland mm. City in the past, uh, translating some press releases uh, in previous Club World Cup campaigns for them, and it was I couldn't help but campaign, right? I don't know how many, but I yeah, think it's, they go yeah, there it's every world. every year. Yeah. I don't know whether Dan, you might remember, but in Handapod episode forty-four, if anybody wants to look this up, was the uh, oh, yes. ahead of the two thousand and eleven Club World Cup, and we actually interviewed Emiliano Tade. Hmm. That was when you were working from. I think so. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, yeah. two thousand and twelve and two thousand thirteen. But um, yes, yeah, so if, if any are relatively new or indeed old listeners, I've got to admit I can't remember how it went at all. So I might mm. go back and listen to it when I get home myself. Uh, and so I, I couldn't, I couldn't help but f- but feeling uh, really good about these guys because uh, you know the the differences between them and uh, and a club like San Lorenzo, and I couldn't even know where to start. But um, I was pleased to see them, but at the same time. I didn't want San Lorenzo to go out before giving us this showdown with Real Madrid. I mean, I've, I've got to admit that towards the end, I was obviously you know you're hoping for uh, what's good for your career and so on. And, and San Lorenzo Madrid final would have been what everyone was expecting, what we've been gearing up for and looking forward to. But when with ten minutes of the ninety to go, it was one-one, and it was looking like Auckland might nick it. I started to sort of go. This is mm. going to cost me a hundred quid in an article that I'm not <laughs> going to end up writing, but I really hope Auckland win this now. <laughs> For me, I th- it's like a mixture of feelings, because at first I, s- I thought it would be like so fantastic to see Salerno so <laughs> fail absolutely against a team of as Rob Brown would say, Kiwis. You sound a lot like my 18-year-old version. <laughs> <laughs> against every, every other any other team, but Argentine team. But then I thought. I just like thinking of the people that went to mm. Morocco and like sold everything they've had to see San Lorenzo mm-hmm. in that big stage because you go to Morocco thinking that you were going to lose to Real Madrid but you were going to see San Lorenzo play Real Madrid and that's the other thing there were there were a lot of San Lorenzo fans yeah, right? yeah and the people who spent their lives saving people that if, if you lose to shit. Auckland City you say why, why? did I come <laughs> here oh my <laughs> god so when they were one one, I just told my friends, I don't know what I want to happen. So just yeah. <laughs> no, but, and to be fair, on on the number of fans that they took over there, I mean, frankly, it's easier to get to Morocco than to get to Bajo Flores from some. <laughs> but, no, no getting mean, to Bajo Flores is right. It's getting out again. Getting out, yeah, getting out at night. Mar- Mariano made the point uh, just at the beginning of, of the interview um, that you guys just didn't hear. In fact. Um, that for the first night in Marrakesh he said everything felt sort of slightly dangerous and it was only the next day that he realised actually it's alright it just looks dodgy and I managed to uh, restrain myself from reminding him where, where San Lorenzo Stadium is located <laughs> yeah. fortunately um, we're going to play some more music now I apologise to you listeners I'm really nailing you with music because there was music at the beginning of Mariano's interview and at the end and now I'd like to propose that instead of one of the musical interludes we put some sort of music from Racing's championship, you know, a crowd recording from the Ovalisco. What do you think? If you can give me the audio file down, then I will insert it here. If not, actually, let's not bother with music. Let's uh, just very briefly pause, and then we'll start talking about <laughs> the next subject. Uh, 
And there's the pause. That saves me having to cut a bit as well and edit later. Um, the next subject is the 2015 Primera División. And part of the 2013-14 Primera División that still has to be played and that there's been a big argument about today. Um, because the 2015 Primera, we talked about the structure last week. You've heard about it already from us, hopefully, if you're regular listeners. Um, if you're not, then very, very, very briefly, one championship for the year. Almost exactly the same structure as the current one, but with more teams, basically. Everybody's talking about it. It's always oh, a return to long championships. It's not a long championship. It's a short championship with ten more teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody plays everybody else once, mm-hmm. except that the Classic Classicos are going to take place twice. And I've ranted about this before. I've mentioned before um, that this is going to lead to some teams having an extra match against a much easier side than some other teams. And so it has happened, because the fixture list has come out. In spite of the fact that we still don't know who every team in the Primera is going to be, because we've still got a part of the uh, desempate in the B, the triple Between one. Chicago and Gimnasia. Chicago, Gimnasia, and Aldo But it depends yeah, uh, what position they are in. Because of the Clásico. Yeah. Um, it would be a Clásico, Olimpo. No, Aldo would be the one that is not... If it's Chicago, it yeah. will be Argentina's Chicago. And yeah, because they're not going to do Chicago Tigre because it's too dangerous, I think. Wouldn't it be Vélez Chicago? Well, no, it will be Vélez Tigre, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. And we'll get on to the Aldo Civi one because they're particularly ridiculous in a second. But basically, the feature list has been released already. Mm-hmm. They have never do anything in advance, and yet they've already told us who's going to be playing here on exactly which weekends. It's running so many days. Yep. And the Clásicos, of course... We know some of them. River Boca, apparently. Who'd heard of that one before? Independiente Racing, Ditto, San Lorenzo, Oracan, obviously, because Oracan came back no, up. Central, and so on. But there are some teams who don't have their traditional classical rivals in the Primera next season, such mm-hmm. as Aldo Civi, let's say. So what do they do? Well, the Afro have drawn them against random teams or certain teams. Who knows? Um, and Aldo Civi have a chance of playing their classical. Actually, no, Crucero del Norte is the funnier one because Crucero del Norte is Clásico, in inverted commas. Crucero del Norte from uh, Misiones. Gurapá in Misiones province are going to play their Clásico <laughs> against either Aldo Civi, who are from Madre Plata, or if Aldo Civi don't fill the right spot, then Gimnasia Prima de Jojoy, who are from Jojoy, hmm. both of which are roughly as ridiculous as Clásicos for Crucero del Norte as you can get. Um, Union, there's going to be one weekend on which all of the Clásicos, or nearly all of the Clásicos, are going to be played. They've had to put Union Colón the week after that. That's going to be security reasons, because of all of the Clásicos, that's, that's the going to be biggest very security risk of the lot, which is saying something. Um, but it also severely unbalances the fixture schedule, because Vélez's Clásico, as Ilan's already mentioned, is going to be against Tigre. So if we have a title race, let's say going fairly down to the wire between Boca... Racing and Vélez Sarsfield. When it comes to playing the extra rounds, Boca's extra match is going to be away to River Plate. That's tricky. Racing's extra match is going to be away to Independiente. Vélez's extra match is going to be at home to Tigre. But I don't think they're in and the last. Happens, they're not in the last round, right? No, they're, no, they're, not, they're, they're, not, they're not in the last inside. round. But it's still an extra round. Yeah. It's still the yeah. extra match. No, yeah, that's true. It's incredible. And um, so, what happens then if Vélez end up winning the championship by one point out of River yeah. or Racing? Let's say in that situation, or Boca or Racing. <laughs> And it's for example, sports, Racing always finds it very hard to go to play to El Monumental, and Racing will play River only in El Monumental. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe well, this, is same, this is the same as the short tournaments. You no, don't play home and away. Short tournaments. No, but it's that extra round. I mean, the short tournaments, obviously, themselves. That's, that's not the extra the round. No. But the extra round yeah. brings this extra thing in. If you've got an extra game, and depending on who that's against. And when you play a short tournament, you know that later in the in the season, not during yeah, the year, you will play River at home. Yes. If you have a perceived Here, disadvantage, but you can win short tournament, you've got a perceived advantage in the next in, one. It's in theory, in, in the short tournaments, you could win a tournament without having to play any classical away or without having yeah. to go to mm. the provinces which is something that River yeah. have because I think River the only apart from obviously the, the Bombonera like River when they play Racing and San Lorenzo are going to be at the Monumental they have to, the, only, the only classical they have away is Independiente yeah um, and obviously as we said I think Boca, Boca. Does, does not have the trouble a lot I can't remember but the impression I got is that Boca gets most um, teams from the inside of the country at home, I think. Which, of course, means 2016. It'll be the reverse, but that's 2016. Let's see what happens in 2016 first. I'm not going to take anything. The idea, as as we mentioned before, is that at the end of next year, after the elections, both national, political and AFA, um, have taken place, there will be probably four relegations and two promotions. We're not exactly sure, but there'll be more relegations than promotions and it'll start to go wrong. The other thing, however, the thing that's from last season, still a hangover, is that Venice versus Boca still has to be played. Oh, that's really Against nice. the AFA's own regulations, as we've mentioned before. If Boca win the match, then it means that they shouldn't have taken part in the Copa Sudamericana. They ended up getting to the semi-finals of, and Olimpo should have had to go there, because you can't qualify for the Sudamericana and the Libertadores in the same season unless you win the Super Cup, uh, the, the Super Final, <laughs> which is what River did. Do we've got an engineer here, so... They <laughs> it's, all, it, it's very confusing. And today, Vélez, as completely rightly, pardon me, because Vélez won the 2013-14 um, won it. They didn't win anything for it, but they finished top of it on goal difference. Um have said that they don't want to play it. Hmm. And Luis Segura, the AFA president, has said that he's going to appeal to Conmebol and get them to kick Vélez out of continental competition mm-hmm. for three years if Vélez don't play it. This is something that Racing helped to fuck up as really well. Because if, if River had finished champion, they would have yeah. just got both gone in, right? So this is Racing also putting a spanner in the works. No, if River champions would have qualified done. Estudiantes. Yeah. Oh, the, the implications of these potential playoffs uh, so... Uh, listeners can can understand a little bit. Um, if if they are forced to play right against the r- rules that were in place, uh, and Boca beat Vélez, they will go straight into a group that's already been drawn uh, for Copa Libertadores, and Vélez won't play the Copa Libertadores. It will be Estudiantes going to the playoffs. Mm. If Vélez are to win that playoff uh, against Boca. It's Estudiantes who's going to be kicked out of the chance of the And Boca go to the playoffs. Yeah. They want to make sure Boca gets to the yeah. Copa Libertadores well, exactly. without any very, risk. Because as we mentioned before, this, this only became suddenly, this disempate became an issue the day after Boca got knocked out of the Copa Argentina. Yeah. That, that was when the AFA first said it. And the AFA's own regulations state that if there is to be a tiebreaker, it's got to be played within 72 hours of the season ending. Mm. But no one talking about the rules. And as I thought that the rules say that uh, uh, the playoff is going to be played if it defines a champion, not if exactly. there is a no, position. Yeah. Not just the, the, the rules. The rules as they are say that the season-long table you use goal difference to yeah. separate the top team, and that's how the continental qualification is taking place. Anyway, 
There is some more music. Pause for a second, because... As we indeed yes, uh, as as we allow Felipe back, um, and we shall be back afterwards to just come up with some memories of 2014 in Argentine football, and to answer some listeners' questions. Uh, Seba, are you going to be staying with us when Felipe is back? Or? Yeah, yeah. If yeah. he's quiet enough, yeah, yeah, we, we we might. Uh, Hopefully, Anis tied him out a bit. Does he does he speak much English? Ah. Uh, you're I asking so. a lot of a four-year-old. No, I don't think so. No. I think uh, listeners should uh, learn Spanish yeah. to be able to enjoy Felipe's wisdom. Indeed. <laughs> I think he knows more about football than all of us. Oh, listeners, yeah. stay with us. Here's some music. We should be back shortly. comes back but for the moment we're going to carry on without him um, because we have the review of 2014 it just occurred to me by the way during that little musical break that we haven't even mentioned what the score lines of either of Sunday's matches were um, that's not yeah. having got <laughs> one out of eight uh, in the uh, first part of the final round of Torneo the Transition matches Mystic Sam managed 100% on Sunday because as I said both Racing and River won they both won 1-0 River's goal came from Sanchez. Yes, it did. Thank you very much. It was a very, very good goal as well, but it was in vain. Uh, no, I haven't even seen it. <laughs> was cracking. It was almost messy yeah, against yeah. Iran at the World Cup. It was really, really good hit. Um, not from quite as far out, but not far off. Um, we should say that game didn't Racing's. actually finish either because of the disturbances oh, yeah, right, and yeah, the kilometers. Yeah, which had been a, a theme this year as, as every year um, on hand and bottom. And Racing's goal, by the way, to win the championship came from. Ricardo Wachiturro Centurion who played the worst oh, match in his life yeah. he was yeah. awful yeah. by the foot oh. of a, of a Godoy Christopher but it was already on the way in like. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was yeah I think it, it was a really nice move as well. goal, he actually so. started that move Centurion we yeah. say that but yeah. uh, anyway. brilliant way was it not the best moment in the history of the world <laughs> yes it was really I'll close to that I almost broke down in tears like. an apt point to begin our review of 2014 and we've had a one we've had two listeners questions so we might as well use one of them because it's a very nice introduction to the review of 2014 from David Ellingham by email as usual who says first of all this is the conclusion of my first season listening to Underpod so I would like to thank you for an Enhancing my enjoyment and improving my knowledge of all things Archibald. I don't know whether he's not been listening properly. Or, Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, but no, David, that's, uh, it's our pleasure. We hope it's been your pleasure as well. And he asks, with Argentine teams winning both continental competitions, of course, San Lorenzo winning the Libertadores and River winning the Sudamericana, how do you think this reflects on the strength of the Argentine league and the state of the game in South America as a whole? I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that um, Brazilian football... It had kind of that peak with Neymar there, and it really mm. looked like it was going to take off. But Brazilian it clubs have had a slump recently, and also down through the floor. A lot of the investment groups in Brazil have lost interest. Yeah, in those yeah. Well, what I, read. I think it's probably got a little more to do with that. It's been a good year for Argentine football. We had a very good well, champion yeah. in the first half of 2014 with um, Ramon's River. It wasn't as good as I think as Cacharro's River, but it was a very solid team. And then I think the second half, of course, we had. Possibly the best team ever to to set foot in an Argentine stadium, which was uh, <laughs> Racing de 2014. So a great World Cup. 
and a great like World Cup as well. Yeah. And obviously the. I think you can also yeah you can also point to Argentines abroad, not just players we all know, Tevez, Aguero, Messi have been fantastic, but also a few players who've who've gone to Europe. Uh, Diwala who's yeah. now the talk of I think maybe the whole we world Vieto who's been fantastic for Richard mm-hmm. Real since mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. It's, it's a good time to, to be watching Argentine football and I think there's a few players we had um, Joaquin Correa um, hmm. from Estudiantes who went to Sam yeah it's a good time we started seeing teams again more than individual players I think in Brazil maybe they have some better values some of the teams but they just can't defend I don't know mm-hmm. what they do during the week they're just horrible defending Ilan actually it occurs to me to ask because as I joked at the beginning of the, of the podcast you've been quite sort of negative about the standard of Argentine yeah. I, I'm not necessarily saying wrongly by the way um, when, when you've been on previously hmm. and one of the things that we've said during this championship is that the, one of the patterns is that a lot of the big sides a lot of the sides who are challenging for the league have got younger managers who are coming in mm. and bringing in new ideas rather than something that we used to bitch about all the time when Australia Dan was still here, which is the same old, oh, we've just sacked Ramon Diaz, let's try and bring in Mostaza Merlo, mm. and then after yeah. him we'll, we'll Masile. have Gabriel Masile yeah. or whatever, rather than all of that, this constant merry-go-round mm. of these 60, 70-year-old managers. Uh, do you think that the new, the younger managers, it's got something to do with this? Yeah, or? I think it's a huge step because bringing in managers that actually work during the week will make the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I said that because I was really angry at Racing that I saw Racing every weekend and it was just like <laughs> horrible. It was tough, but it was generalized. Uh, really, with Ramon Diaz, despite winning the title last tournament, they had a really horrible first tournament with Ramon Diaz. Mm-hmm. Second tournament, sorry, it was three in total. But I think Argentine football is like stepping forward mm-hmm. to this new era of managers that actually work during the week and playing a bit more tactics rather than 11 players mm-hmm. running after a ball. I think it's a small step to start. Hopefully it will continue this way. I was, I was talking about a similar thing. Um, you remember the Super Clásico de las Américas, it was played... Mm between the Argentine domestic side and the Brazilian domestic side. There was national teams from players. The, best, the, the national sides because it was played in... Uh, last, yeah, yeah, last time around it was played in China. Brazil won 2-0. Um, and it was played with their full national teams. But, but before then they did it with And I was thinking, players. what if they played today? The, national, the domestic Argentina against the domestic <laughs> Brazil. And I think Argentina will not be really good value because... Mm. Brazil, they lost Neymar, you know, they, he went away, he, they lost Lucas Moura and several others, while Argentina got Milito back. Um, they, they it's fantastic Argentina. to see Milito come back yeah. for Argentina in a Superclass de las Americas. Yeah, Please think, make this happen in, in maybe, maybe Maybe if Argentina got Teo and Sanchez in his ringers. Well, Sanchez, <laughs> don't need him. Sanchez is now Argentinian, despite playing for the national team of Uruguay. He won't He's be foreigner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for the player limits and that. Yeah. Sort of but I, I think you know, if we play a little bit of, uh, of a, little, a little game and try to come up with the starting 11 for Argentina there's plenty of options oh, in every if, you, if you wait a couple of more months maybe have Aymar also and hopefully mm. Lisandro Lopez or Max <laughs> Morales, Morales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I think it's a, it was a really really good year for Argentine football in yeah. general 
um, really, really positive signs for mm -hmm. the future. I, I think it's going to continue. Yeah, How it's refreshing it's to say this. So we have to say thank you to Rafa for yeah. not putting the, the, the uh, average in this, in this season. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's well, it's going to count for the relegations yeah. next season. Yeah. I know. Still, but we're going to have three and a half, half seasons. Uh, counting towards yeah. a lot of relegations. But you know, it was different to see. It was different to see, like for example, for Defensa Justicia, it was different for them playing, knowing that in December they didn't risk uh, anything. They could build up for the next next year, and they also have a full year ahead of them. They wow. don't. Sorry, that's the loudest motorbike I've ever heard. <laughs> Carry on, <sir. laughs> So they they also they don't have to worry about. Uh, getting relegated in June, July or August or whatever they cut the season in half because it's going to go down till December so mm -hmm. you know there's that's an but element it does happen it's going to be 4 or 30 yeah so you're going to have to be really shit to yes. get relegated yes, it might even be 3 or 30 indeed and, and, and also you know it, it helps um, it's an element that encourages uh, long term thinking and that's something that really when the short tournaments were established uh, in the early in the early 90s it was like the end of the long term mentality it was mm -hmm. everything has to be done for yesterday so managers will be sacked uh, three four times in a season for a club and this uh, was something that really changed and but now looking a little bit into 2015 there is another situation that is quite unique it's going to be 30 teams in the first division yeah. and the quality is going to go down. No of doubt. Course. I mean, the, of course. There aren't enough players no. to... There's one point that I would like to raise which I, I, I've i raised in private conversations a few times. I've not seen anybody mention it but it's entirely possible that someone's... that lots of people have talked about it in columns and whatnot and that I just haven't read. But until now um, in Argentine football every semester, let's say every six months we've had 19 domestic matches mm -hmm. and as a result a whole lot of fixture congestion because the teams playing the Libertadores have got as many matches as the teams playing the Champions League but in mm -hmm. half the amount of time and with far bigger travel distances involved, as we've mentioned many times, particularly when... And smaller budgets as well. And much smaller budgets and next season, these sides who've got used to, to playing that way are suddenly going to have four fewer domestic matches in the first half of next season. I, I'm, I'm not saying necessarily that I think we're going to have, let's say, River, Boca, Racing and San Lorenzo as the four semi-finalists in the Copa Libertadores, but I think Argentine sides could very well be the sides to beat in the Libertadores at least next year. They will be, um, definitely. River, I think, are going to be the side to beat. No, we're talking about teams well, that already won the Libertadores. Go for one. To just take one, like... River are going to be very hard to beat. Mm -hmm. As I said, I think the pressure is on Racing, really, but we're, we're in a race of who can put the most pressure on the other side. On the other really Racing is all new, like, it's just, a, you know, nice challenge. The first Racing. time since, what, 2003 they've played yeah. the Lovatoris. Milito was there. Milito was <laughs> and there. Racing, despite only playing, this is going to be the seventh. He has a really good record in the Copa Libertadores mm. if you mm. go cup yeah. by cup. Mm. Um... Mm. Yes, indeed. But yeah, I mean, in, in, as we're saying, in both uh, halves of the year having far fewer domestic matches, I think, could very well make the difference. Particularly given that every other league in the Americas hasn't restructured. Well, Colombia's is, isn't it? It's being, it's mm. making itself bigger mm -hmm. uh, in order to keep a couple of the big sides up. From what I hear from Carl Morswick. Um, but there we are. Do we have anything else to cover? 
think there was another question, right? That was the there first was another question. question. Yes, sorry, yeah, it's from Toby Millard, who asks, which player, past or present, has the best nickname in Argentine football? Golosina. Piscolici. I think Chio Anton. Crocante. Crocante. Spicy. Ah, that's good. It's a good question. Yes. I think I, I need a little bit more time to think about it. Indeed. There was a Colombian which is not good because uh, you can read it as, as racist, but Marco Perez from Gimnasia, the, the, his, his teammates call, call him the shadow. Well, it's not, uh, oh, I got two more. Garrafa Sanchez is good. Garrafa that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, El Sorongo Caicedo. <laughs> I, I think, sorry, I think we need to translate these. Garrafa. Yes. Garrafa, yeah. What's, what's that it's in like English? The, the, Wine decanter, almost, no, isn't it? No, it's a gas can. Yeah, it's a gas can. It's a gas can. Sorongo, I don't know how to translate that. Sorongo would be... No. Just from this, like, the appearance of the, the panther bowl was could, brilliant. Could be a turd <laughs> or could be a dick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And a chocolatin castillo. Yeah. That's like small chocolate castillo. From a river player on Bolivia National Team. Yeah, we should have red... Read that before, so that we no. There's there's yeah. plenty of really good nicknames. That's a very good yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> we are the best at that, I think. Mm. Siphon, the best league at putting nicknames. <laughs> Vaseline, I suppose, to mind. Rojas, mm. purely because he scored one goal. Yeah, because of the goal. Whatever. Yeah. That's what he got his nickname for. Um, any other final points, guys, to close on? Unfortunately, Felipe hasn't been able to join us to uh, give his mm-hmm. opinions on He's on 2014. He went out. He went out. He's yeah. like. 9, Best 9.15 p.m. Best match of the year? You're including the first semester as well? I'm, I don't I'm, have I'm, I'm tempted to go for any any match involving that crazy run where Godoy Cruz either scored or conceded four goals in mm-hmm. seemingly every game. For mm-hmm. eight well, Godoy Cruz had this like Colombian thing going on where the forwards are actually good and the defences <laughs> are horrible. So <laughs> I think like that when you talk about Colombia, the 20 teams are like Godoy Cruz. You see the Colombia, you see Sports Center, you see <laughs> Colombia, and it's like 20 Godoy Cruz playing each other, the old, a million goals. But I think it has to be one Godoy Cruz match, definitely. Mm. Yes. Maybe for Matter. quality. Mm. I quite liked. Uh, I think for the shot, and, and, and just for the moment when you kind of realise this could be, th- this is where it's happening, was the first leg of San Lorenzo's Libertadores semi final. Because there was all of the pressure. Obviously, you know, the, the Libertadores, given the identities of the semi-finalists, it was a bit kind of people getting a bit down on the tournament. But uh, with all the pressure on San Lorenzo to win their first Copa and everything, and then winning that first leg five 0 against Bolivar, and mm. just mm. you know that that was yeah, they blew them away. Yeah, um, I, I remember one because it was peculiar, and I think it's uh, it was probably one of the reasons why Racing won the league and. Um, I think the Boca Racing mm, match that Boca. was abandoned. Yeah. Uh, Boca mm. were winning uh, one yeah. nil and in a crazy, crazy. It was crazy, and then, and then they play only twenty six match, uh, twenty six minutes, and Racing scored twice and got a goal disallowed. Could have been three one. Didn't they play the whole second half? Didn't no, they no. Off they, at Which one no. got called off at halftime? But it wasn't the same day, it was a couple of rounds after. That game as well, that she finished what? 3 0 to 3 0 to Yeah, and yeah. also another another strong candidate for match of the year it was the Lanús Arsenal. The one with oh, the, that one. Oh, nine, nine minutes of injury time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
Two goals scored in the end. Yeah. Certainly the match that best summed up Argentina, <laughs> just yeah. generally of the year. I think it's fair to say. Um, I think we can end on that note, can't we? Yeah. yeah I, I very so. much, Fine, maybe. very much doubt, dear listeners, that we're going to be recording next week. Um, even if San Lorenzo win the the Club World Cup, obviously you'll know whether that happens or not. I'm assuming. Uh, I don't think you need to the pod to fill you in on what the result is um, of that one. And given everything else that's going on next week, I mean, Christmas and all that kind of stuff, I don't think that we're going to be able to, to record. It's just possible, I suppose, if San Lorenzo do win it, and if Mariano gets back and isn't jet-lagged enough, I might try and arrange a one-off recording just with me and him or something for half an hour. Uh, but I doubt it. So that's it for 2014 on Hand Pod thank you very much for listening for another year uh, thank you gentlemen for, for being here congratulations on, on Racing's title win uh, Andres and I I guess aren't too sad about it because we, we got the Sudamericana we got first continental trophy in a while as we mentioned last week um, so we'll, we'll share the honours you're worthy you runners up yeah, yeah. You're worthy. we'll, yeah. we'll yeah. see you during the Betadores the way we were played made Racing a better team or at least to have a better level in terms of well at least uh, personality and, and character and, 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 and what it takes to be a team and mm. if River wouldn't have been that uh, so River continued to set the standard really <laughs> even though they didn't win the, the league yeah, that, yeah. Uh, the, of the, um, the 2015 season of course as we mentioned this picture has already been uh, released and the, the competitive 2015 season begins on the weekend of the 15th of February so it's like a week later uh, than it normally mm. is um, so we'll be back the week before that I suppose we've got a nice long period off now where I don't have to edit podcasts for a while <laughs> after tomorrow obviously editing this um, thank you very much for listening everybody and for now Andres sorry no, I, I think that the 5th of February is the first leg of the Supercopa Argentina between River and Bratan I think 5 and 12 we're not previewing is it two legs yes bloody hell we're not previewing that um, <laughs> we shall come back and review the Supercopa Argentina and preview the, the new ridiculous domestic league um, in early February next year so please remember us during your winter or summer break depending on which hemisphere you're in of course and for now it is goodbye from English Town goodbye and goodbye thanks for listening from, goodbye from Ilan Lele Campeón goodbye goodbye from Andres goodbye and happy new year goodbye from Prodigal son, Sever. <laughs> Hasta la vista, eh? Dale campeón, por Thank supuesto. And campeón. goodbye from me, and also goodbye from Mariano, who is only here in USB stick form at the moment, but uh, goodbye from him and goodbye from me. Goodbye. <laughs>